0: hello and welcome to the sacred remembering podcast the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification i'm your host sarah poet women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin. Hello, hello, Sacred Remembering Community. It's Sarah Poet, and so. Honored to be here with you today. Thanks for taking your time to listen to this podcast. You are totally not going to regret it. Imani Ustawe is our guest today, and this woman is a powerhouse, a warrior. Um, calls herself the Mystical Minister, which I just love, and named the podcast episode after that. Um, I love this episode because Imani is someone who will go anywhere with me, and you know, I like to go all over this place of sacred remembrance and how we walk this path as women, as humans, and remember the sacred. And Imani has been remembering and remembering. And um, you know, I'm just meeting her, uh, following her on Instagram. She is a powerful woman, And, um, you know, I didn't, uh, there's a lot that I, there's a lot that I trust here in what I am hearing transmit through her. And so check her out, check out, um, Imani Ostawe on Instagram and, um, check out her new program that's coming on holy sexuality. You know, that I love when we get to talk about the sacred and sexuality and remembering Christ consciousness and the Holy Trinity and all of it. So stay tuned today. Um, so exciting. So a couple of things I want to just tell you about. If you are not on my email list, go ahead and go to SaraPoet.com and sign up because a couple of things are happening that I'm really excited about. Well, first of all, when you sign up, you get my 77-page ebook that is um, a transmission about what the pathway to masculine-feminine reunification, this Christ consciousness reunification, looks like for modern women. Like, what do we have to walk. Um, And so I really have loved getting your feedback on that ebook. I'm so glad that you're signing up for that. So check that out. Also, I am going to be offering some community calls. I need uh, potentially a better name for that, but that's what they are. It's straight up community calls where we are talking about sacred remembrance in all of the ways. And um, these calls are going to be on Sundays because I want to take Sundays back. What I was just talking with a friend about is, you know, I've been doing the Sunday post, um, off and on in my emails for a while. And I'm alluding to all of our associations with Sunday, um, and, and taking it back in this sacred remembrance sort of way. Where we're evoking the sacred from inside of us, which is also a topic that we're going to talk about on this podcast today. And you know, when I hear from women, and I know that so many listening can relate to this, there's this feeling on Sundays so often of dread. You know, we have these associations from childhood, per, perhaps of like having to go to church, having to do some things, and then the work week starts, the school week starts. And so there's this like, oh yeah, Sundays are nice And I'm going to have to transition back into perhaps like a work week that is not quite the speed that I want. And so let's take back the sacredness of our own experience on um, on Sundays in some community calls. So stay tuned for that. That information is going to be coming through the email list. So that will be fun to see you there. And just a reminder that I am on Patreon, and it is under Sarah Poet, um, and that supports this podcast. It supports me writing memoir. I have two books in draft form, and so um, if there's an energetic exchange, you know, $5, $10, or more a month, it's super awesome. And um, I don't often talk about the Patreon, but uh, I was reminded when I was listening to a podcast that I admire the other day um about this and i heard them say it and um and i just passed it over quite honestly and then i watched myself pass it over and i was like no this is how we support one another i can give a $5 donation no biggie. And so that's what I ask you to do, you know, just actually do it. Um, super awesome because it's an energetic exchange and it lets me know that you like what I'm doing here and you would like me to continue doing it. Um, so also fall in love with the King is my next big mystery school transmission. It's a six month soul journey. And, um, I did not think I was going to be offering uh, this program this year. I thought something else was happening. And then um, this King consciousness, this Christ consciousness came in as I was working with it this um, late winter and spring and said, okay, now here we go. As modern women, we are going to heal the relationship with the masculine, come into this unified heart. I know y'all have been really working on reclaiming that feminine, reclaiming the sovereign energetics. I love that. I have many, many more tools coming out soon to help you um, know how to do this. Uh, Sovereignty is more important than ever. But with Fall in Love with the King, what we're doing is we're saying, yes, we are sovereign women. We are doing this work and we know that unity is the most important thing. And so we are going to begin this journey together on July 22nd, which is a very, very special day. It is the day that my daughter was born way back when. (laughs) Uh, She'll be 21 this year. And it's also Mary Magdalene's day. So, um, maybe I'll tell you some, some special stories about that day, but, uh, July 22nd is a very important day in my world. And I wasn't sure which day to start this program. And then it became very clear because the energetic of Mary Magdalene, she clearly, clearly loved the masculine Christ conscien- consciousness, consciousness. And in true Christ consciousness, you know, he loved her as well. And so here we have the reunification of the feminine and masculine, but women play a very, very important role right now on the planet as I am sensing and as I have been living (laughs) through my own initiations for years, um, that we do, we need to come back to the heart. And so how do we do this? You know, um, the women that are signing up for this program have been on their path for some time. They are doing their good work and they have not experienced the type of maybe type isn't the word, the frequency of the masculine that they desire to experience in themselves, in men reflected to them, or um, in their relationship with the divine. And so we are getting in touch with what's going on right there, like inside, in our relatedness, and with our experience of the divine. And then we're also evoking this... This Magdalene, the Sophia Christ consciousness that is in devotion to, um, the Christ consciousness, the King consciousness. I don't, I say King, um, you know, rather symbolically, not that I, uh, call it that you can call it anything. So we are, um, Imani and I are on the same lines in today's podcast with, um, the meanings of these things and where we're going with that. So be sure to check out fall in love with the King and be sure to check out Imani's upcoming program on holy sexuality. Uh, holy sexuality. Um, Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. We love to see your um, rates and reviews um, on Apple and Spotify. And yeah, let us know what you think of this episode. Enjoy. Today's guest is Umani Ustawe, meaning in Swahili, faith, prosperity. She is an author, ritual master, movement chaplain, and ordained minister that is currently writing her second book. Imani is an expert in clearing shame and unworthiness, breaking addictive cycles, sexual trauma, and healing, and healing ancestral wounds and repatterning family relationships. She has worked and studied in the field of mental health and addiction, specifically sex, drugs, alcohol, and dysfunctional family systems and eating disorders, since 2010 working with adolescents and adults. She is a certified transformational breath facilitator and has received training in various therapies like DBT and trauma healing techniques. She studied organizational leadership with a minor in social work and business at Lipscomb University. Imani continues to study, explore, and is committed to her walk with Christ and deepening it every day. She is driven daily to set people free from the prisons of spiritual confusion and evil. Hello, Imani, and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, You call yourself the Mystical Minister, which I absolutely love, and I'm wondering if we could ask for you to open us up with a blessing or a prayer today for this conversation and for everyone listening Absolutely. Wonderful.
1: (laughs) All right. So, everyone, let's just take a deep breath as we come into this holy communion together. So, in and out of the mouth or nose, whichever one calls to you. And I call upon Father God, Mother God, Divine Christ. And I call upon all the divine beings that work with this Holy Trinity to be here with us as we listen as we remember as we see and allow the truth to infiltrate us in a way that ignites our soul remembrance our heart remembrance our spirit remembrance and i ask for your spirit your energy to come through my words my energy as well as sarah's as we join in this holy holy sacred remembering time and every single person in their magic and their divinity joining us in this time as we all enter in to remembering, to knowing, to delve in deeper and allowing this wisdom, this permission to infiltrate us as we go forward. Thank you so much, Father, Mother, God, and divine, divine Christ. And all of the holy beings that are here with us and also the holy beings of protection. So there's no infiltration of nefarious or malevolent energy to where we can fully know, and so it is, Amen.
0: And so it is. Thank you so much. Mm. I think I want to ask about prayer first, and, mm. and talking to God. Um, because I was going to ask you how you defined God. And I know that this conversation will uh, tell some stories about how you came to this understanding and and relationship with the divine. But Mm -hmm. you, you did tell us what, um, what you are praying to in that example. So thank you so much. And that led me to a question about prayer. Because I find and found on, on my own path as well that, you know, even though there's a lot of spiritual reclamation happening, I don't think that we know a lot about prayer and speaking directly to the divine. Um, yeah, so what do, you, what do you think about that, <laughs> these direct conversations and how to have them? Gosh, that is, I feel like that's a whole book in and of itself. (laughs) I ask big questions, Amani, and I don't know how to not ask big questions. So we'll just pick out the pieces that work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will, I will, I will meet you. I will meet you exactly where you are. It's, It's great. Okay. Oh, so I, you know, I believe that we were here implemented, integrated, implanted, if you will. And I'm using like air quotes um, with the ability to go straight to source with the ability to communicate straight with source. And there's been a lot of um, attempts and even actual um, successful um, interruptions within that stream. And it can be through religion. It can be through spirituality. It can be through, our own distortions that have um, started to infiltrate our blueprint, our divine blueprint that we came into these bodies with. And um, just living in this world that can be a challenge. And so when we remember, that's the first remembrance is that, wow, we actually can go straight to source. And so for me personally, remembering this was imperative to me even being here still (laughs) you know it's like if I didn't remember that I could go straight to Christ I could go straight to the divine mother that there was a divine mother that I could go straight to God then I would I I mean I know that there have been many that have made me not want to be on this earth anymore Mm -hmm. so it's really being this empowerment tool for me and I grew up in Christianity and it was that there it was believed in one of the biggest questions that I had is that I couldn't go straight to God. Like I I needed to go through Christ to get to God. And that just did not sit well with me. I'm like, okay, Christ is cool. I get that. But how, why, when, where, please explain, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and, And so through that exploration, I had many other questions that I would constantly ask the church. And I just went on my own deep exploration as a young child, teenager And then when I got into the rooms of recovery, I've been clean and sober for 14 years, May 21st. And um, I had this lady in one of these meetings. I no longer go to 12-step recovery meetings uh, because I found... a. A higher spiritual path. But she was like, ask God to reveal God's self to you. Ask God to just like appear, to show, to reveal, and just throw away all the things that you think God is. And so that allowed me to throw away a lot of the confusion around the things that I didn't agree on or the questions that I had in church. And through that exploration, it reminded me that I actually can go straight to God. And so, I mean, Mm -hmm. I spend most of my waking hours talking to God, talking to Christ, talking to the divine mother, like being in interchangeable conversations with them. It is a part of breathing for me. And I really want everyone else to know that it's so important. It's a part of one of the pieces of remembrance that I support the people that I get to work with and is everything can go straight to them. Everything. Yeah. So, yeah, Beautiful.
0: Yeah. The whole premise to the sacred remembering podcast even is that the sacred is in you and all of these ways that we've been taught to, um, uh, divert that, um, that sacred relationship through, you know, other people, through religion. I love, you've been talking about sacred sexuality on, um, on Instagram and how that can hijack your relationship with God. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, there, there are a lot of diver- diversions, um, to that direct and holy relationship, but that is the basis of sovereignty. It is the basis of, um, what we're remembering yeah. So, so well said. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So I would love to hear more about your, your personal story because, um, you mentioned being young in the church and you sent me a copy of your book. Thank you very much. Will you say the title and where people can find it right now before we keep talking about it?
1: Yeah. So my first book is The Spiritual Magic of a Queer POC, Inspirations and Practices to Empower the People of Color and Queer Communities. And I think there's another little part in there, but you'll see it <laughs> when you go look yeah. for it. It's on Amazon. And also I'm on Instagram at um, I'm like, what is Amani Ustawi, U-S-T-A-W-I. You can also message me and we can do uh, an exchange that way as well if you're kind of anti-Amazon.
0: Right. Yes. (laughs) Um, So yes. And gratitude to Amazon for getting us the books and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are, there are these, you know, pros and cons of these tools. And, and so, yes, I'm grateful for, um, Instagram and friends that connected us, uh, because you and I are just getting to know each other right now, just so everyone, um, uh, knows, because sometimes I'm more, uh, interviewing people that I know a lot about and you and I are just getting to know each other. So thank you for your copy of the book. And I really love learning about people's stories and, and Stories of reclamation. And so I would love for you to share a bit, you know, whatever is arising, arising for today, um, share a bit about your story with the audience, uh, with the listeners, because I really love to highlight that these rememberings, these sacred reclamations, are our choices, like they happen along choice points, they happen along the way. Um, and there's so much awakening right now on the planet. So what about your story would you like to share today? <laughs> I feel the first
1: thing that is really important on my heart right now is to communicate that most of the, the, the time spent in these last few years of my being has been about really untethering myself from my story, untethering myself from my origination and not in the way in which like transformation work is like, oh, it's a story. Don't tell the story. But I mean, the literal story of how I became who I am, you know, Um, really untethering myself from that. And um, because to some some extent, it became limiting. And so I do want to say that. And then I also do know that we have a way of relating to one another and knowing how we became who we are. And I want to say that who I am now and all of the efforting and ascension that I've done now is way beyond the origination story of who I was and how Mm -hmm. I became to be. Mm -hmm. So that felt important to say. And just from that, I mean, you know, there were, I think that it's always a red flag or a cause for um, questioning When there are so many things thrown your way to stop you from your God given mission, or so many things that um, start to infiltrate um, your fields. And so when I say that, I mean, like your your magic, your morphogenetic field, some people call it your aura. Um, all of your energetic bodies of who you are, when things start to infiltrate that and life becomes way more unbearable than it needs to be, there is cause for red flag, like wait. And also in the world in a grand scheme, when it's politics, when it's religion, when it's all of these things, it's like, whoa, wait, why is there so much confusion here? Why is there so much infiltration energy here? Let me step back and really look at this in question and go right to God. Like for me, that is imperative. And it's also a signaling to our remembrance, to our brains, to our nervous system, to our being to to say, wait. I remember, I remember that this isn't true. I remember that this is not like of me. I remember, I remember, I remember. So mm-hmm. that, that feels important as well. <laughs>
0: yeah. But okay. I, I want to just interject something here because this is so awesome that you're saying this. It's like when something feels off, know that the something is not God, know that that mm-hmm. something is not self. Because I think what so often happens is that that's where we're like, oh my god, something's wrong with me. I have to Mm -hmm. self-improve. I have to go. I have to go figure it out. And you're saying if something doesn't feel right and there is um, infiltration into your field, go to God. You need to figure out. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks yes. for hearing that and getting that. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, I talk a lot about choosing truth over trauma. Um, mm. And, you know, we do perpetually he- like heal trauma for a really, really long time. But just last night in the sacred truth mastermind that I run with women, we were talking about this very thing. Like when you feel that infiltration, go to source, do not go to what's wrong with me? What do I have to improve? Cause that's kind of the game that's against you in the first place. Like God. that's how your power is being taken from you. So it's not that you have to heal your way to God or heal your way to wholeness. Like you have to align to source. Like that, that's the choice. It's the choice point right there at the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. And there is some fracturing and fragmentation that has happened along the way. Yeah, And it's, it becomes this addiction, this emotional addiction. That's something that I really am present with my clients on is like we can get so trapped in emotional addiction that, A, we feel like it's our identity. We feel like this emotional addiction is then a mental distortion. And we feel like it is just stuck. This is how life is going to be. Yeah. But when given the words of, actually, this is an emotional addiction trap then power is given back, even if it's just a little bit to no longer identify with it. So that brings us to the story. And so that like my personal story has been one that is (laughs) completely covered in physical, mental, emotional, sexual abuse, addiction to drugs, alcohol, dysfunction, family dysfunction, um, I could identify as an adult child of alcoholism and dysfunctional families. Also, like my own um, experience with addiction through substances, eating disorders and things of that nature. And also wanting to die, like I, I literally no longer wanted to live. And I really do say sometimes that drugs and alcohol actually like got me through to a certain point till I was ready to receive God and my sober state, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Not many people will say that, but, um, in my truth, I know that if I didn't have the covering up and the numbing that drugs and alcohol provided for me for some time, and it was a very short amount of time until I woke up, I mean, like, I remember on my 17, 18th birthday, waking up in a hotel room all alone. All of my friends had left. I was just like sexually molested by this random guy in a club and waking up and just looking at myself in the mirror and being like, I cannot live like this. And the rooms of AA talk about waking up to terror, bewilderment, and frustration. Mm. And that's how I felt. I just like, and there's another one because they call them the four horsemen. And so I was just there and I was like, God, I can't live like this. Like, please help me. And that was like the first time that God was like, okay, she's ready, you know, because there have been many a times along that way that God was like, Hey, Amani, whenever you're ready, we're ready to bring you up. Like, you (laughs) no longer have to live in this basement of hell. We can bring you out of it. And I was like, no, not now, not now, not now. Um, And then when I got ready, it was like, God just came in like a force. And I mean, like, you know, I was, me and my brother were taken from my dad and we, we moved a lot. There was a lot of movement in my family. We were taken from him and adopted by my grandmother who didn't have the tools. And again, like alcohol is what she turned to. And she was very mean. Um, and then my mom came back into my life when I was 15 and I was already done with every authoritative figure there ever was. And she was one of them. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I got through school by dropping out of high school and going homeschool and working like I I got to be a child that wasn't ever a child. You know, that was just I never really got to experience childhood. I was always taking care of someone trying to make things more comfortable in my family as someone who has these special deep gifts from God. That was kind of how I moved around in the world. And so bringing in drugs, and alcohol supported me in that very short amount of time of being able to kind of cope for a bit until God was like, okay, she's ready to have actual mechanisms that will support her in thriving in this life. And um, so, you know, I went to treatment at 18, the day after I graduated from high school and God, like all of these miracles started showing up. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So, and it is. The Bible belt. Nashville is more progressive. So everybody thinks that Tennessee as a whole is super progressive, but it ain't. It is not. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when people hear me say, Oh, yeah, I'm from Tennessee. Oh, that's so okay. Yeah, it is. It is. I love Tennessee. I love the hills, the mountains, like all of that. So I went to treatment in this little place called like Jackson, Tennessee, which is so small. Um, and they took us to church and and I saw all of these miracles from God and all of these people coming in. Like this lady was, her son had died in jail or prison. And one of the patients who came in was in prison with her son and could give her a message, you know, like stuff. And just like saying that gives me, I feel like crying. And like, God was just like, here I am, here I am, here I am. And I was homeless when I went into treatment. And when I came out, one of my friend's mothers was like, you can stay here until you get into a halfway house. Mm -hmm. And so family just started to show up in a very different way when I said yes to living differently and actually being present to life. So that's a bit of it. You can read my story. It goes a lot, my book, it goes a lot more into story and like the trauma and then the triumph. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like these last few years of my life has has been something for the books as well. So, and I'm sure we'll touch into all of that but if you have any if you would like to dive deeper into any of that or a specific area of my life I'm definitely willing to share that with you all
0: beautiful thank you so I'm I'm highly or like pulling out you know you definitely knew trauma like you had every right to be pissed off and you know and checking out when you went to um into recovery at 18, did you have a conscious relationship with God or this, this Holy Spirit, or like, were you calling it anything or were you just observing life? What was that consciousness?
1: Yeah. By the time that I entered into treatment, I was still very connected to God and Christ. I had also started to explore meditation and Buddhism and also earth magic, like at about 16, I started to be introduced to goddess magic. So, I mean, so much is in there. Um, I've been doing many dances with a lot of different um, powers and something that I will say that seems important is that when I was using drugs and also playing with this earth magic and also like calling on God, I started, that's when I started to really feel the the energy of evil the energy of the nefarious beings the energy of that and it was because I was living in two different worlds it's because I was open to these dark forces through tears in my consciousness through using substances and then also playing in this field of magic that I wasn't initiated in while also trying to connect with source like that's just so much division um in which I didn't know at the time I was a child Um, But now I know that's why when all of these people are talking about being witches and working in magic, I'm like, are you actually doing that? And are you actually ready? And are you actually initiated? Like, it's not just a buzzword. There's so much responsibility that comes with working in those realms.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So you're making yourself available for a lot of infiltration if you're sure what's Mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, I think I, I'd like to ask about um, sexuality because I want to take this conversation in the direction of you know, s- sacred sexuality, holy sexuality, your relationship with sex and and God and religious shame and and all of those places. So, um, yeah, take take us a little further on your journey um, in into your twenties and what was going on there
1: yeah I came out as I think at the time I came out as like lesbian at 19 and I remember being just coincidentally but not at all and at we went to the, me and my mom we went to the park which is Centennial Park in Nashville and they happened to be setting up for pride <laughs> happy pride <laughs>
0: And like, I like am here. I'm embraced. Like it's my family <laughs>
1: these, these people. It's all okay. <laughs> And years before that, I had gone to a prod and put one of those equality stickers on her car, but I didn't even really know what it meant. And she just drove around proudly with it on until I one of her coworkers that. was like, um, are you family? And she's like, what does that mean? So it was just so funny. So, okay. I came out to her at 19 and, um, started to have my first girlfriend around that age and, um, really, you know, felt so free, felt so open. Like I was really living honestly. And I feel like I obviously need to go back a little bit. I had my first girlfriend when I was in like fifth or sixth grade, none of the guys, except one who was my first boyfriend in like sixth or seventh grade was someone that I actually like wanted to have any kind of touch from connection from, or anything like that. I always felt safer with women. And, um, even though like in, in my history and my story, women have also not respected my body and like has, has been one of the causes or, um, perpetrators of, um, sexual harm. Mm -hmm. So, but when I was like 19, I felt like, okay, you know, this, this feels right. This feels true. And I just, I absolutely love, Freedom through truth and speaking mm. from truth. And so in that in- initiation of me telling my mom and receiving her response and being able to explore and all of this and you know as I like I went through like, okay, I'm by, I'm pan and and I never really liked again, holding on to identities. I was just like, ah, no, this none of this. like I just want to love who I love mm. and show up with my heart open. Ready with boundaries and things like that. So it's very fun and explorative, and a lot of healthy communication and sometimes fumbling of not knowing how to communicate or feeling shame because wait, now I like this guy and now I'm not a, a part of this one group yeah. anymore. You Am know, like... in the box. So yeah, <laughs> there is a lot of that. And I remember um, I was married at one point, and we had gotten a divorce. And I remember just being. Feeling like that was a huge part of my identity was like, I'm married to a woman and like, we're super gay. And I even remember being with her and her being like, okay, we're married now. Can you not just call yourself a lesbian? Like, no, I cannot, you know, like I will not do that. So I really believe in breaking out of boxes, breaking out of molds. And I do also feel that there is, I'm going to continue to use this word because I really wanted to like trigger something within someone infiltration of a lot of confusion and trendiness around sexuality and sexual preference. Like I'm not out here loving on women because it's cool. You know, like I mm-hmm. I I like I went through walking the streets of Tennessee feeling like my life was going to be threatened and the people who came before me having those same experiences or being threatened on the streets with my friends and not feeling comfortable and things like that. Like not just holding hands outside because it's super cute. Um, so I feel like that's important to say. And so now, you know, like after that divorce and, and really opening myself up more to having whole relationships with men, because for so long, it, it just didn't, it didn't, it still felt very fragmented. I had a lot of guys that were friends and really loved my male friendships that I had. So I was never like a, a male hating lesbian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of my friends would joke about that. Like, that's a thing. Um, and it's all like because of trauma, right? Like, it's because of trauma, because of all of that infiltration. And also, a part of sexual misery is the division between genders and placing in all of these things to keep us separate. So one of the codes that run through me is like the balance of divine masculine, divine feminine before it was even like a thing. Like I've always been more of an equal balance between those things. Like, and even in the 3D realm, being able to be androgynous one day, being able to dress like this, dress like that, and still feel fully sexy and like who I am, and being able to like go hang out with a room of women and then go hang out with a room of men and not lead from my sexuality, but like literally be amongst them as an equal. Um, so, so I've always believed in that and also sitting in circle with all of us, not just separated. So that's been a part of my medicine. And so being able to have this deep healing between me being an intimate relationship with men and them with me was really important, a part, a part of my initiation and ascension as well. So, that's kind of like personally my my sexuality and in, in that but my actual healing journey within my like healing from the traumas that were inflicted upon me from who knows like seven on six on five on I started to heal in 2004 and that's when that healing path started within me to where now we're in 2021. And even I started working with people on this in 2017 in my own way. And then I was working in treatment and um, sexual addiction and dysfunction in about 2010 is when I started working with people in that, but just in my own way from my own medicine, that's through me from God in 2017 is when I started to work with people from doing my own deep healing. So Mm-hmm. yeah, I'll end there. And mm-hmm. there's obviously more. And so I'll just kind of see, um, what comes up next, what comes mm-hmm. through
0: next. Thank you. Yeah. There are many, many options of avenues. Um, thank you for sharing. There's something that's arising and I'll allow the question to formulate as I begin talking. Um, given your clear depth of understanding about God and some of these infiltrations and, and programs that are running, uh, societally. And so I'd love to hear you speak more and maybe generally, maybe specifically or personally about addiction, sexual misery, um, even uh, things like abuse and child abuse, you know, there's a fragmentation that's so deep. I've never talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm, I'm posing this to you. So thank you. Um, mm-hmm. There's a fragmentation that runs so deep and you've experienced that, you know, as a child, as a victim, and then all in your older years, you struggled with addiction and then became lean and clear of addiction and then kept going on and, you know, up through the ascension um, path. So what would you say, like, what would, how would you educate listeners about, um, what's going on there and the fragmentation and the psyche, um, and the programs?
1: Juicy, juicy, juicy. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs>
1: okay. okay. Where do you want me to go with this? Cause there's so, there's so many ways. So what I feel is important is that for every organic or like our um, every true way of being or planet or star or whatever, or um, let's just say way of operating for every true organic way of operating, there can be an inorganic false way of operating. And um, also to say with like, god and goodness there's also evil and i really feel like that was one of the infiltrations of i'm going to use air quotes again new age philosophy is that it really took away evil like it's like evil does not exist evil is not a thing um so it's just kind of like "La, la 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 i'm over here being infiltrated being puppeted having all of these beings around me but i'm just freaking asleep and I had no idea what's going on, but I think that I am elevating my life because I'm spiritually bypassing and disassociated from this whole other realm of existence that's happening here on this planet. So, um, when we wake up and we wake up and we wake up and we wake up, we realize that there's so much here, but not from fear. We realize that like God is, and with God, like a whole squad is deep. And then we also remember like our own, um, power and, but if we're still lost in all of these other paths of these, these very on purpose, um, tools to, to allow us to forget. That's why we talk about remembering so much, but it's really just like tapping into the wisdom of our divine blueprint and no longer being distracted by all of the BS of the other. I'm just going to call it the other. So, so like when we talk about, um, some people believe so much in twin flames, right? Mm -hmm. Twin flames. I'm going to get, I'm so here to be devoted to finding my twin flame. That is a way that we get off of path of our true course. It's like, who does God have for us to be in relationship with, right? Mm -hmm. If we're going down this hole, it becomes very addictive and tunnel vision. and We can't see the whole picture. So I believe that so many things become um, just very narrow and tunneled to where we literally just run into walls over and over again. And so uh, one of the biggest things is the betrayal energy and also abandonment. So those are two of the woundings that, that, um, can hook into us and like literally like hook in and pull us, pull us away from true North. And so when we're feeling abandoned, we're feeling betrayal, we start to go in these swirls and start to go down these paths that can be dark mother energy, because, you know, uh, one of the biggest things that Christianity has done in other religions is really remove, um, the mother, the divine woman from the picture. And so when she's removed, then we're unaware that there is a dark mother, dark energy. And so many people have been praising this energy, been very confused around this energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when we understand that like she is the, the creator of relational distortion, relational dysfunction, being separated from family, tearing families apart like when we realize that then we can say wait this isn't god god gets blamed for so much that has nothing to do with god mm. <laughs> and mm. so when we remember that it's like or come into divine wisdom and truth then we know that okay wait this this is an entity that's trying to play games with me let me pull in the true source energy call in divine mother god christ like for every situation that's happening in the in the evil realms or the nefarious there is like god is here to counteract in that whole realm but if we don't know and if we're asleep or if we're just lost in ourselves and thinking that it's us and we're creating this and we're the source of this that's a lie we are not the source of darkness confusion and evil so just like getting out of that whole hamster wheel can support so much so it's so hard for me to talk about like what um, the challenges and issues and evil can look like without also coming in with like, this is what light and this is
0: what your empowerment is. So I
1: hope that I answered your questions to some extent.
0: Yeah, it's really beautiful. And I guess I'll, (laughs) follow up or like, you know, summarize. I I don't think, I don't know. The next thing I'll choose to say is, um, you know, it's like a separation of self and separation from God. I mean, it, it all, it all goes back to that. Um, and so, you know, addiction or, um, I, I cannot wait to listen to the talk that you have posted on Instagram about child track trafficking um, mm. because my soul is calling me in this direction to learn more about this be more outspoken about this um just yeah i think we're all being called to that <laughs> or many of us are being called to that um to to expose this um but it's that kind like if we're looking at well how does something that bad exist like how mm. can child abuse exist how can like severe addiction exists. How can this like, you know, just absolutely gross energy exist. I think that's what you're answering. You're saying like it, it is a frequency. It is an infiltration. It exists and it's not God. It's not truth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the biggest energies of betrayal is um, blaming all of this on God And Mm -hmm. this other entities, these other entities being kind of like Oz behind the curtain, you know, but I hope that everyone who's listening to this hears me because that's the thing that also happens in religion. It's like they talk about the devil and they talk about it like fire and brimstones. And so like a lot of people can't receive that because it's not the full truth. I really do feel that we do have these these blocks within us. That's kind of like, okay, wait, that's not the truth. And then we also have these um, defaults within our nervous system and our way of being that can be trauma responses as well. So it's being able to distinguish between which one, but I hope that everyone who's listening to this really hears like, wait, yeah, let me, let me really get tuned in to this, um, because it can again be scary. And so on the talk that you were talking about, my friend, Ahamna and I, we talked for 90 minutes about very deep, um, deep topics that can be very scary. And I really do think that that's one of the amnesia programs within us is when we start to hear it just is like, no, go to sleep. He can't listen. Like, so you'll find yourself falling asleep. You'll find yourself just being really annoyed, Mm -hmm. like all of these things. And those are also on purpose, the sortion within us to not remember. So it's like, whatever we can do, just like continue to blow past to recall in the truth. And that support comes from God. Like God, allow me to blow past, give me the grace, give me the power, give me the courage and team up with me to be able to like, continue to know the capital T truth. That's what I'm here for. It's like, I want to know the truth
0: regardless of how painful it is, because I'm not here to be a sleeper. I'm not right, right, and just, I mean, on the topic of child trafficking, people will just be like, "No, that doesn't exist," which just, yeah. you know, this widespread amnesia. This, like, they that it exists on the level that it exists, and there are so many people that are willing to turn their head. I mean, it's this collective amnesia, and and just testament to how much we really do need to resource, like resource, go back to source um, (laughs) and find that truth here and now. And like, that's the revolution. That's, I think that's Mm -hmm. what we came for um, here now in this lifetime is to um, cut that distortion, not by healing the trauma forever, you know, as if we're broken ourselves kind of because it all keeps us separate from source mm-hmm. and keeps us disempowered um so yeah not being afraid to look at the truth amazing <laughs> uh, yeah we got some things in common all right <laughs> Well, I I definitely want to make sure that we get to talking more about um, sex, sexuality, intimacy, um, because you're doing such amazing work in this area. And um, I read in your book about experiences of sexual shame for your sexuality. And um, I know that so many people and um, women, everyone can relate to feeling sexual shame, um, feeling disempowered sexually, um, maybe even separating, you know, self from sexuality, from God. It's like that, that has so much distortion in it in our culture. And so I would love to hear you riff on this and just take us into, um, you know, sacred, well, you you'll you'll have your words that you use because I know you talk about <laughs> sacred sexuality removes price of so holy sexuality, I think is what you call it. yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm redemption I'm, of that. You use the yes. word redemption, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> there's, there's yeah. what I want to be like, preach, like that's the minister in you <laughs> Let me talk about redemption and sexuality and the holiness, and I'm like, I will listen. <laughs>
1: Yes. I, I I want to read. I sent out an email to my lovely email list and it feels like appropriate for right now. So mm. um what I said to everyone is I want you to be in this course if there is an inkling desire even resistance. I can assure you that this course is way beyond your assumptions. Holy can be misconstrued. Purifying our sexuality is essential in a world where there is so much perversion, confusion, addiction shame, shutdown, and religious slash spiritual indoctrination. Sexuality is something that you can read a million different books and receive a million different perspectives. This course will allow you to define what it means for you and deeply connecting to true source. Redemption by definition means the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil, or the action of buying one's freedom. Synonyms retrieval, reclamation, and recovery. There's a spiritual war that has played out through our sexuality, creating wars between genders, gender confusion, and misery within our sexuality. Facing this takes boldness, and it is long overdue to face this. We are going to be retrieving soul fragments that have been fragmented through sexual distortion. Sexuality is not all about pleasure, desire, and adventure. If our vessel isn't clear, and we are unconscious to the power of sex, we aren't experiencing any aspect of life to its fullest. My aim is to support you in connecting deeper to source, clearing distortions around sexuality and having your mind blown. Sexual energy is vital energy that we must use consciously. I'm not here to play. This is such a serious manner. And I know that you all can feel that through my words. And I'm looking forward to having you in this course. So yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and just right here, since you're mentioning the course, do you want to share with with folks what you're talking about? Because there will still be time um, when this podcast airs for them to join.
1: Yes, yeah. So the Holy Sexuality Redemption Course is a nine week course, and I say that this is not a new age, false light, <laughs> religiously shaming course, and we really go into the deep activation of disconnecting from any lunar distortion because there's a whole thing with the moon. And so disconnecting from any lunar distortion that plays on our sexuality. If you notice that around certain moons, you have like a higher sexual drive or a lower sexual drive, or if you're a female body person and you experience your cycle, you'll start to see different ways that that all infiltrates. And we've built ritual around it. And like, I'm here to disconnect us from that and connect us to true source. So that's like a big part of this. So we meet for nine weeks. It's three activations and six classrooms. And then we have movement Monday to support and getting the trauma out of the body. I really believe in movement, movement therapy. And so we'll meet on Monday to just move the body, shake the body, get everything out to be prepared for class on Wednesday. So yeah, I love teaching. I love holding um, holy classrooms and holy containers. And so this is for anyone who's ready to start the path of purification, of reclamation, of true sovereignty, and coming back into true connection with Christ through any distortions that have been implemented within our sexuality, our sexual energy, and our sacral energy, and our womb space, our lingam, our yoni, and things of that nature. So any shame, any guilt, any confusion, all distortions, and you may be unaware of it. But if you're ready to start this redemption, which is regaining your freedom, being able to correct any distortion, any evil, then yeah, jump in. This is for you. And you can sign up on my website at AmaniRestored.com.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. I know that's going to be for so many people listening. That's amazing, Um, and and it's clearly very potent. Like you are, you're very clear in your messaging. You're very clear in which energies you're bringing through. (sighs) Wow. I mean, sexual shame and recovering the the holy nature of sex is one of my most favorite topics ever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um. So I think I'd like you to i'd like to ask you to highlight please um some of the you said false light a few times and maybe somebody Mm. listening has never heard that before and you know we there's a lot of teachings around sacred sexuality i think some under the guise of tantra some under the guise of like dom sub um Mm -hmm. and There's so many well-intentioned people. I mean, it was me along my path, like looking at these things going, oh, is, is this an awakened truth? Is this an awakened truth? Like, do I want to play in this arena, this arena? And so, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about spirituality and sex or intimacy and how we can get really confused in that area. Um, and take it in whatever direction you want. Okay. <laughs> I will.
1: Okay. Um, I feel that, man, just in feeling you talk about that and bringing the question through, it's that what feels really important is a lot of us are not awake of the many distortions that are running through us or the many ways in which we are still fragmented. And so a lot of teachers are starting to teach these things from a limited perspective, even if they've been studying for so long, but there is this initiation. And I mean, multiple initiations that comes with really doing that inner work. This is why I believe that, You cannot just be a coach or a healer overnight, even if it is coded within you from God. Like there are many initiations that one must go through. Um, (laughs) Preach, preach, preach. (laughs) So when we bypass that, it creates this vessel that's teaching, this conduit that's teaching that is producing distortions in and of itself, even if it's unconscious. So my, my whole thing is being in super high integrity in this space. And really, calling the thing what the thing is, and so when I say true source, I mean God, and when I say divine mother, I mean the divine head that is the divine feminine mother aspect of God, because God is like true source is like this one being that encompasses all of it, right? But mm-hmm. in our and it comes down into divine mother to us and our our understanding and like to be able to relate and in our experience and divine father and then Christ. And so for me, the way that I really have been able to decipher what's false light and what's not is like, if Christ is not present, and I don't mean Christ consciousness, I mean, like the adding of Christ. And if there's talk about like, we are God, I am source, it is false light. Like, I don't want anything that that's saying that like, I am in this human form is God. Like, I am not God, but and I have not met a human that is actually God. Now we are of God. We are created as God. But again, that comes back to like calling the thing what it is. There's a difference in saying that I am God and I am of God. Do you hear that? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So for me, those are like my triggers for false light. Also, anyone that is just like, I don't believe in gurus. When anybody calls me like a guru or like they look up to me, I get this really like repulsive feeling like in my body. I don't, I've never liked it. And anyone who wants to be exalted by people is a Mm. false teacher. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Boom. So (laughs) that was very clear. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Amazing. Huh, <laughs> I yeah. think I saw something on your Instagram where you were talking about spiritually predatory men, mm. and in no way do I want to be like you know only men or spiritual predators um, but in these spaces of false light and um... Yeah, and and spiritual predation, um, especially regarding like intimacy and sexuality. Um, I'd love to hear you speak more on that because it's so... Okay, so false light and this evil stuff can look really yummy. (laughs) Like, it can look really shiny and be really deceiving. And, of course, it would be. And so what are... Mm. yeah, like what are some of the warning signs that it's false light or that it's predation? Um, Yeah, rather than the real thing.
1: Yeah. I want to speak to, I'm going to totally answer that. And I want to speak to your talking about attraction and the luring and all of that. The, The Lucifer show on Netflix is number one in the U.S. And he's—I don't
0: even know what this is, but I've heard <laughs> it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what, you know what is going on? Have you watched it? Tell I me have. More. Okay, I all have. Right. So he's this very
1: attractive man, and, and what's happening? And this is a part of programming, and this is a part of right, like channeling yes. TV, all of that, is to make these things seem so normalized and comfortable and attractive that people start to think that it's comedy or that these beings are super sweet and nice and relatable, okay? Like every, I'm telling you guys, everything is on purpose. So this show is just of this man that's like, he has all these emotions, he's very, but he is literally Lucifer, you know? And so that's like one of the things. So it always, you know like Satan comes in this very attractive way, like being able to follow the, follow the Luciferian path is very attractive. Like you can have all the riches of this world. Like that's as old as times. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, that's something. And I feel that These people, because again, yes, like it can definitely be any bodied person. It could be female, non-binary, male. And we both occupied the Asheville area for a certain amount of time. Um, And I feel like it's so prevalent there. Anywhere that sacred sexuality, and I'm using again, air quotes, sacred sexuality, tantra, sexual healing is um, like a part, a huge part of the community, as well as like kink and all of that that you can bet your bottom dollar that there is a lot of distortion and a lot of false light and one of the things is that it can be very there is nothing about um having experiencing pleasure there's nothing that I'm not believe me when I say that I'm not like shunning pleasure like I want us to have authentic and true pleasure in this life um but when people are coming from teachers are coming from like this pleasure-driven place, this power-driven place, this um, hierarchical type of place, and you feel like you a are a little confused. You feel like you're uh, you're coming to them as like this from this victim place, and also you're not sure on what your boundaries are. That can lead to a disaster risk recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like in one of the ways that it allows empowerment for the person is like really do your research on who you're going to and and meet with them, not in like, I'm going to receive a session from you, but like either over the phone or anything like that, like check their references, check with people who have worked with them to really know. And of course, go to God. Um, I'm not saying that like certain people, certain body people shouldn't go to men or women or anything like that, but really checking to see their energy, checking to see who they are, checking to see if there's dissonance between what they say that they do and how they live their life. Like we are called into a higher sense of responsibility of discernment right now more than ever. And really since 2012, but like I think that the world is waking up more and more to the need of discernment. So yeah, there are a lot of people in this space and even like that are called into the space from a place of wanting to have their needs fulfilled, wanting to, to have um, exhaustion and wanting to be like known for all of these different things within the sexual healing space. And I think that are come from the, the true desire and why we start to do something has to be checked over and over and over again. And if it's not truly like I'm here to be on mission from God, this is my life's work, Mm -hmm. then it's time to resource and recheck.
0: Right. Well, and those are the initiations that, that we go through. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that that's always an opportunity for everyone, but, um, Yeah. Like how you show up and then what's the next initiation and then how does that shape you? And then how do you show up? And, and the name of the game really is integrity and, um, and living in alignment with source. Um, but I want to go back a little bit because, excuse me, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I want to talk about the siphoning of sexual energy. You know, we're talking, the, like, we, I brought up the word predation and we're talking about, um, you know, good and evil a little bit. And so why would there be false light around sexuality?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, f- I wish I had a drum to just be like, every time you ask a question, I love it. Yeah, there's false light around sexuality because it is one of our purest channels of creation and connection to God. And that's also in taking God out of it, it creates that misery and distortion and confusion and shame as well. So just point blank is one of our clearest, most purest channels of connection and creation.
0: Beautiful. Um, yeah, so it's really powerful energy. Um, I wrote something down from the site, I think it was the site for the course, maybe, and it said, um, sacred sexuality removes Christ. So you may have said this in reading your description, but as we begin to um, conclude here, I would love to bring this back around and hear you speak about this holy sexuality redemption and bringing Christ back to sex and sexuality? Mm,
1: yeah, there's a lot of unholy sexuality and naming the thing, what the thing is. There's a lot of unholy sexuality. This is where child trafficking, this is how the, the U.S. is one of the top consumers of child sex sexplo- exploitation and trafficking. So that's that's a line of unholy sexuality. And so in coming higher, when we really place Christ in the center and bring in this redemption of our sexuality and bring it into holy sexuality, I really believe and see. And one of the things that God is calling in is like the ability to start to dissipate all of this unholy sexuality that's happening. And so that's, that's why this course feels so important. This is why I went through this nine months of like deep isolation and devotion to bring these codes through because it's a big, big deal. And so it's like sacred sexuality. It, it helps to a certain extent. I feel like all of these things are placed to, to maybe do a certain amount of work. It can also do the opposite, but in holy sexuality, we're going right. And we're going back to bringing true Christ and it doesn't have to be affiliated with any religion, but being able to really have these organic codes, this purification happen.
0: The organic codes. Yeah.
1: And I want to say to Sarah and everyone listening, like I am not the holier than thou um, and in holding these codes and being here to do like this being a part of what I do. I'm also here to like, I'm a warrior of children. And I really feel that when we crystallize our own sexuality, our own sexual energy, it can it can prevent these next star seas, these next children that are coming in from experiencing what most of us had to experience as we came into this world. And that feels the most important. And so I'm not holier than now. believe me, like to be able to even be here. I went through so many deaths of myself and I have to be in this super high integrity, like being, I feel like being sober and being truly sober gave me this initiation into high integrity. It's like not using drugs or drinking, even when nobody's around there, nobody knows that I'm clean and sober that mm-hmm. takes a whole level of integrity that most people don't have, um, being able to do a juice cleanse and not like cheat on it, you know, like there, mm-hmm. there are certain codes of high integrity. And so like, I may stumble or I may like, I may have these moments, but like I have, I have been, I have come into a higher level of ascension and to where things that used to be a part of my field and who I was is no longer there. So I have the ability to facilitate and guide in this way. And it feels like such a big deal and such a big honor. And I also believe that we cannot teach and facilitate from places that we have not healed. And I know that there's controversy around that, but I truly believe that.
0: hmm 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 Wow. Okay. Yeah. I want to, I want to go back. Cause something you just said really landed for me personally. Um, but first I'll say I said this last night, cause we were talking about this in the mastermind group. Um, you know, we incarnate and we, we take on some of this trauma or we have maybe like a, a, Bloodline that's you know contaminated uh, with darkness or something. I don't. I don't know that I'm choosing the right words there. But like we inherit with um, you know some of this karmic ba- baggage um, or anyway. I'll just the way I think about it because I did you know I had sexual abuse history, sexual misery, like deep deep um, family abuse trauma going back the lines and. The way I look at it is like, I said yes to incarnating into some of this and even taking on that darkness and density in order to to transmute it. It's like, do you see it that way? Do you see like, okay, I, you know, we do this for the collective because we're going to choose source. So do you think that that's like a part of the work of star seeds or would you say it differently? So it's so
1: interesting. I'm hearing that in two different ways. One way in which I do not believe is that I don't believe that there's in the transformational world, personal development community is that like, we should be grateful for all of our trauma and that like children, like, yeah. Yeah, I know you're not saying that, but I also feel like okay. just in this thread, yes. it's really important to distinguish. And also, the children that are being held captive and in, in, in trafficking and exploitation—that they somehow karmically chose that as well. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do believe is that, like in whatever in in the I don't even I'm not sure how I want to say this, but what we experience in this life is not. Like nothing is too grand for us not to be able to heal and to break through with God to where we continue our mission here, um, to where we are successful within our mission. I do believe that like, you know, like the mess becomes the message, our trauma becomes like our truth and things like that. But also I want to say that like hardship, trauma, like dysfunction is not necessary. Like it is absolutely not necessary um and then it is our responsibility to to heal to recall to reclaim um our wholeness our holiness when we have been fragmented in these ways
0: yes absolutely and then the other thing that really really hit home for me before um before the snippet was when you were saying about the children and what did you say my job is is what? To, to clear the <laughs> distortions around the sexuality for the children? To be able to like
1: protect their innocence and to, to be able to be like a safe haven in creating and, and us healing our sexual distortions and the perversion and unholy sexuality. Yeah. It will trickle down into that. And that's not exactly how I said it, but that's the essence.
0: Yeah beautiful yeah I share some of that soul contract for sure I worked in education for 15 years um and I'm definitely here like on behalf of you know collectives of children um and sometimes I'm like wait how does my work with children you know jive with my work now and that's where I think um my my deep desire to be in the healing of this um child trafficking comes in because it's like if, when we transmute the, this level of trauma, um, through, through the collective, we won't have these kinds of atrocities anymore.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I, I love that we
1: share that last year, I got the privilege of working with a client that was trafficked by her father. And that's like one of the a great, great, um, wounding that can really separate us from father God. And that's, Earlier yes. you asked some questions and it's like I believe that what the 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 track back or the trek back to true trust in, in divine father and mother and christ and really being able to come into wholeness is very um imperative in us healing those fragmentations from our childhood and not in a way of getting lost in it and like going through and reliving it all again. But just like being able to pull in, to pull up, to bring into wholeness, all of those 7 year old 6 year old I love doing inner child work with my clients. And when I can work with their kids and I've been able to work with, I mean, the youngest that I've worked with is, has been in the mom's belly, but like on this side of earth has been like five years old mm-hmm. to 14 years old. And I, I got to do this session with this beautiful, beautiful kid that was like nine and it was all like the, the work, it was all around him remembering his divinity and the true gifts that he has and to protect his playfulness and his innocence. Mm. Like, can you imagine if every child was able right. to have that level of work? And so it's beautiful to be able to work with the parents and the adults and working with their inner child. And it's like, I, anytime that I can get my hands on, get, like, get my heart into the field of an actual child it's so powerful and so beautiful to be able to meet them in that way. So I do believe that there's absolutely, as you're kind of, as you were saying, like how to marry that, it all It absolutely makes sense. And I know that because of the perversion of the world, it's like, wait, how does a being a, a divine being in this human form, marry like working with holy sexuality and working with children. And it's like, the world is of these perversions. We we are holding these like purity, God connection codes, and we are not here to harm. We're here to support and healing.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, the memoir that I'm writing is weaving these things together because there are some aspects of my family lineage that was. Um, involved in some trafficking and some pedophilia and I've not really shared those stories yet publicly it'll be like in the memoir um, because there's still some family stuff there to navigate um, mm-hmm. but yeah like, I I I have lived the intergenerational trauma of some of these things and and those sexual misery programs um, and I didn't even know that that was the inheritance like until mm. I did a lot of detective work, (laughs) you know, because I was like, what is this? What are these distortions inside of my system? Um, So I had both going, I had like the distortions and the trauma that were really, really confusing at the same time that I had the holy truths about, you know, sacred intimacy and sacred union and, and all of those. And so that's been uh, a large part of my story is to um, you know, it has been to reclaim God and my holy nature and also transmute those distortions and call back the fragments <laughs> and then do some mm-hmm. lineage clearings, you know, it's like a little of this, a little of that. But yeah, I just share that because you and I don't know one another Um very well yet. And I look forward to hopefully continuing to get to know your work and hearing from you and watching what you're bringing into the world. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an important interview because I, um, recently like my initiation brought me into changing my name. And so this is my first right. interview as Amani Ustawi. And congratulations! My, yes, thank you. And since the last Ascension, so it feels so great. And Um, There was something that you just said that I'm, gonna like just pass this code on to everyone here as like just my gift and parting. And before I say that, it's also so important for me to be here because I've been doing this work for such a long amount of time. And a lot of people don't even know that I exist or like this work exists. So this feels really important in spreading the word. And so I really thank you for having me on here.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And it's AmaniRestored.com, right? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. Okay, so the the code that I'm going to leave is that
1: um, last year I got hired to do a lot of ancestral and healing work for groups. And one of the things that is so important to do is that at any time that we feel this emotional weight or heaviness, or we're just kind of confused on where these things are coming from, I ask to God, please clear me of any energies, memories, thought forms harm that is not mine and return it back to light, to truth, and back to the person that it came from in a higher form and allow me to move forward in my responsibility to heal that which you have me to heal. It is in like, amen, or however you want to in- end that, but it is a lot comes from us carrying things that are not ours that we feel that we have to carry because of our lineage that is not true. Mm -hmm. So just being able to do that moment to moment, day to day will support so much. So I hope that that blesses some of you or all of you.
0: Yes. Thank you. Like it gets to be lighter. (laughs) It gets to be easier. It gets to be, um, yeah, free of suffering to the extent that we, that many of us are used to. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. So appreciate it.
1: And it's my pleasure. Everyone be blessed. And thank you so much for listening.
0: To read my blog, schedule sessions, and to learn more about upcoming group offerings, head to sarahpoet.com. Tailored private mentorships are available for women who are ready to claim their voice and ignite their truth and their unique feminine frequency. I also have advanced programs in rebuilding the energetic architecture of feminine and masculine union within in your divine blueprint I have an e-course available for couples in the Foundations of Conscious Relating, and I also do private relationship and healing work with couples as well. You can learn more at sarapoet.com and sign up for a consultation. There is a 77-page e-book for free for you that is on the topic of modern women waking up to feminine and masculine reclamation and reunification that is all yours if you go to sarapoet.com and sign up for it. And I look forward to sharing that with you. Thank you for being here. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.